the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. All right, welcome to this episode, and we are here today with our guest, Michael McAllister. He is the president of Empower LO. They are a kick-ass mortgage marketing company, and you're going to want to hear what he has to say. I'm excited because... Welcome to the show, by the way. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm excited about this because in this market, it's just, you know, a lot of people are complaining, like there's no loans. There's not, you know, there's there's not a lot going on. My pipe's way down. And I'm excited to share with our listeners and our viewers, you know, some ideas about how to get business. So thanks for coming. Yeah. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell us about Empower. Hello. Yeah. Uh, Empower. Hello. Uh, We are a small team based out of Boise, Idaho. Um, that started out when I, as a loan officer, um, I was 20, 21 years old and, and, uh, wasn't very good at, at re- I, I listened to your Todd Duncan episode and oh, it, was, yeah. it spoke was to one. my soul cause I was not good at looking at the business as, uh, relationships versus transactions. I was young, dumb, and, and, uh, don't know that I, I had the, the people skills to build the relationships that I would have needed to anyways. And so. Uh, anyways, the position that I was in, I, I just needed to find a different way to build, build my business. And through a, a chain of like self-reflection and question asking, um, was able to identify, okay, Quicken Loans, right? Quicken Loans doesn't, uh, realtors hate using Quicken Loans. Nobody at the time, right. you know, uh, what, I don't know if I can say that or not, but yeah, <laughs> at the time, don't care. <laughs> at the time, uh, nobody, you know, at the time I knew in my market, uh, nobody like no agent that i knew would accept a, a, an offer with a prequal attached to it from quicken loans or at mm-hmm. least that's what they said outwardly mm-hmm. that they wouldn't uh and yet quicken loans in 2017 i believe it was uh overtook wells fargo as the number one volume lender in the country mm-hmm. yeah they're big um and of course uwm took that crown the past couple of quarters uh yep. but it was it was rocket for that period of time and so Anyways, um, that led me to think, okay, how does how can they do this, right? If it like sure. if realtors really don't want to use them, and yet they're the number one volume lender, there's got to be something to it. Uh, and short story, really long, that sent me down a wormhole that uh, showed showed me how to generate, allowed me to teach myself, I should say, um, through reverse engineering their funnels and seeing, mm. oh, okay, they're running a bunch of ads here, and mm-hmm. this is what their landing pages look like, and. Um, I ended up building a, my own version, like a shrunk down version of their system um, for my own mortgage business and used that in a period of a year and a half to just completely transform my business to the point where uh, I had peers in the industry that were reaching out saying, hey, how can you do this for me? And mm-hmm. uh, one thing led to another. And and uh, here we are like five years later and we've ventured into a lot more than just generating leads with that Google ad campaign. But that's how it all started. And, and that's cool. Are. Yeah. That's and you and you you live in Boise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, I guess the the common thought is that like internet leads suck, right? Because I you know, we talked the Todd Duncan episode was all about relationship referrals. How do you do that? How do you build those those uh was it the cash wheel or the cash flow circle of cash flow? That's what it was. Um, but I feel like you have some kind of way to make it feel a little less Dry, like dry or like impersonal like t- tell us how that works yeah yeah um first off you're right internet leads do suck yeah. <laughs> right yeah. like by any measure and you have to pay for them and they don't yeah. answer the phone and you know, exactly like, by- and they've been given to like 10 other people and you got to get them first and <laughs> exactly yeah. uh yeah by any like traditional measure of success when you're looking at a spreadsheet like of uh, you know and you just line up like conversion rate and conversation rate and application rate like internet leads suck right. but the internet's not going anywhere and people are searching online and people are finding competitors like Quicken Loans or Veterans United right? Uh, instead of talking to qualified loan officers in their local markets. And so, um, yeah, they, I mean, it's not, it's not a super fun way to run your business. And yes, we do everything that we can to um, soften the blow of that and, and, you know, automate where it makes sense to automate, but also try and keep a personal touch knowing that that's, you know, a differentiator for these guys. Um, but at the end of the day, I think most of our clients that end up really taking off with internet leads are coming from a, a place of wanting to look at their mortgage business as a business owner and not necessarily as a lifetime relationship driven salesperson. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key differentiator for 
like some of our top producing clients versus top producing LOs in the marketplace that built their business traditionally mm-hmm. is that they don't see themselves as a loan officer. Like they, you know, they don't, they wouldn't talk about themselves like they're a loan officer and introduce themselves as a loan officer. They see themselves as being someone who runs a mortgage operation basically. Right. right? And so, um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that that can help make them fall a little bit into the trap of thinking too much about transactions and not relationships, but um yeah it's it's a it's a starting point for people that want to build that you want a platform to build their business on for sure that's cool so is yours any different than say like a zillow or something like that do you have more customized options for for mortgage companies is that or how do you just do you sell leads not so much i mean we like i i we are an agency and so we set up so like rather than generating the leads ourselves on our own assets and then playing Harry Houdini behind the scenes to add in our markup and, mm-hmm. you know, and create these filters so that, you know, you, like you're only getting leads between this credit score and this credit score. Right. But the right. 700 plus FICOs like these are going to this guy cause he pays twice as much per lead or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's none of that. It's like, you're getting the raw leads that are coming from the raw campaigns, but we, show throughout our demo like our demo process where we're where we're you know showing people what we do for them we show them how what we do is modeled after what the those best companies those biggest names where they've been able to build uh, a brand behind them where they can charge you know 80 to 100 bucks for a lead right our clients are going to generate leads for seven to ten bucks a lead they might not have as much control over the the filtering of that data but they also like for every one of those filters that you implement, like you're, it's it's a middleman. Like somebody right. has their hand in the cookie jar, and sure. is, and, and so um, no matter how you look at it, removing that middleman is is positive, and that's that's kind of how we look at it. That's cool. How many uh, years have you been doing it? Uh, 2018 is when we started. So what what is it? We're in 2023. Well, quick so, math. Oh, <laughs> ah, shit! I should have known this. We uh, April 1st was our was our five year anniversary. Nice. So awesome. Yeah. And. Uh, so yeah, so this, I mean, so the internet leads suck, but yours don't suck as bad. Yeah, like, or that's or a great slogan. Yeah, internet <laughs> leads internet leads suck, but like we can help them suck less yeah. by a lot. They're a little like, less by sucky. a lot. <laughs> that's good. Um, so like, does does there like you know I I, I remember buying leads from Leadpoint. You know, is, is yep. that one of your competitors? Yeah. Kinda, uh, when I started, yeah, I haven't heard that name in a long time. But yeah, yeah. Leadpoint. That's like. Uh, almost like a la carte like you could go in and just say like you know have a lead store that i loved which because because like i would do all these tricky loans right i was like i was always the out of the box loan officer right and so i'd go in there and i'd buy and i'd get it like five dollars i could get like a jumbo lead that no one called because it was like it'd be like 55 ltv it'd be like a two million dollar loan you know like maybe the fico was low or they had a foreclosure or something like that back in the day and 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 no one would call it because it was like these people were all looking for these easy DU run, you know, or government loans and stuff like that, that they knew how to do. And so literally I would go for like five bucks and buy like a, just a, it was an age, like 60 days old. And I'd call them and usually they'd be like, Oh yeah, I never really heard. Or they wouldn't remember that they looked for one, but I don't know. Do you guys have a little lead store too or no? No, no. We just like live transfer. Yeah. Kind of it's, yeah. it's all like, so it all feeds into a, a platform called high level where they're going to have, we have like automated campaigns that, are meant to simulate the effect of a loan officer following up as soon as that lead comes in. Mm-hmm. So this came from, again, modeling Quicken loans. Like at the time, so you So when someone clicks the lead, there's automatically an email that's sent from the loan officer yeah, to the- Yeah, automatically yeah. an email, a text message. We can pre-record a voicemail and drop them a, a ringless voicemail. Some of our clients will go as far as to have like pre-recorded videos um, wow. that they send out in their text message or in their email. Um, you can really personalize that automated approach, but also- like you simulate, you simulate basically what Quicken Loans has with their call center where, you know, I mean, it's, it's always been this way. Like as soon as if you bought a shared lead, like you better not because you're going against Quicken Loans. And as soon as that lead hits, they have somebody on the phone that they're connecting with already yeah. instantly. And so this was kind of, you know, at the time it was a perfect storm between text messaging, kind of overtaking phone call as a preferred method of contact mm-hmm. and Quicken Loans not having adapted to that really yet. I mean, they use texting, but not as an initial primary, like they had this call center that was doing, that was crushing it. So they had no reason to try anything else. Yeah. Uh, and so I think we kind of like, we're in the right place at the right time too, in some ways where, you know, being able to take advantage of the the popularity of texting and, and, you know, the statistics five, six years ago, 
you know, 99% of text messages were read, you know, versus yeah. the the open rate of an email, you know, at the time, Barely, 20% yeah. or something like that, right? So um, being able to have that kind of leverage. Uh, and then, like I said, back then it was, you. I, I don't know, you ever hear of uh, Agent Legend, the, plat the software platform Agent Legend? No. So that was the first one that we, the first software platform that I used in my business. And that was where I first uh, heard of ringless voicemails. And that was five, six years ago. Nobody was using ringless voicemail. So it wasn't nearly as spammy as it is now. Now, I feel like a lot of people, they get a ringless voicemail and they instantly associate it with spam. And so we right. kind of filtered that out. But five, six years ago, that was a game changer for me oh, to be yeah. able to drop a voicemail that made it sound like I just called to reach out about your inquiry yeah. on the site that and you, nobody you else has it. access to except for me and I didn't have to do it exactly. It That's was an so absolute cool. game changer. That's scalable for sure. Yep. I mean, so if you're a broker right now and you're sitting there and you're like my looking at your pipeline and it's like two loans, you don't have a lot, uh, to walk us through how quickly you could get someone a full pipeline. Like and how much it would cost, what would be the timing, what would be the process? Like what? Yeah. Walk us through that. Yeah, so um, we, because we have our stuff dialed in really well over the last few years, and um, we've passed a lot of like the savings on our operations and stuff onto our customers. So we charge uh, a one-time setup fee of fifteen hundred bucks that allows us to do like your A two P registration and compliance and stuff to make sure that your phone, you know, your messages don't get blocked and mm -hmm. get all your landing page set up and the the automated follow up and all that stuff. Uh, and then we charge, uh, it's it's per market and per loan officer. So more loan officers you add, the more it costs, the more markets that you add. We have predefined geographic locations that we call markets that mm -hmm. are based on search volume and available leads and stuff like that. Sure. Um, and so that so that cost for one loan officer in one market is $9.97 a month, 1000 bucks a month. Uh, and then we would recommend that they spend 1000 bucks a month on ad spend, and that'll generate them somewhere between 100 and 130 leads right now. A month. Um, a month. Okay. And then that that with our coaching. So on top of this, we have in-house customer success managers. All our whole team is inside of our office in uh, Idaho and Meridian, technically. Um, but then we have success managers. We're going to take you through an onboard. You know, your onboarding call, your your go live call. That's like, hey, we're going to turn these ads on. Like, you're going to get leads within a couple hours. Like, yeah. are you ready for that? Right. And here's what you do. Here's, you know, here's your visual pipeline, like looks like pipe drive. Like when the lead does this, you drag it to this category, you know, and mm -hmm. just kind of coach them through how to think about this. Uh, and then we're meeting with them every two weeks for two or three months, depending on how long it takes for them to get up to speed. Yep. Um, but really once they're in stride, um, they, they can expect to spend, and this, this number is going to vary based on, you know, are you looking for a high volume churn and burn approach? In which case, 1% conversion is probably still going to be a scalable cost for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that's you're still looking at 1500 bucks per close loan at a, at a 1% conversion rate, right? 1500 bucks, maybe two grand. Well, we've got a lot of brokers where that, that'll do just fine. And they're, yeah. they're good with that. Totally. Um, but then we have retail LOs that make 120 basis points and pay for this out of pocket and don't, don't even get to expense it because they're W2 employees and, you know, <laughs> don't even get to write the shit off and it still makes sense for them. Um, but they've got they've definitely got to drill deeper and work it more and you know leverage them in their relationships with real estate agents so they generate a lead, get a pre-approval, you know, 70, 80% of the pre-approvals that we generate are not or the of the leads that we generate are not associated with an agent yet. Mm. So now they take that they can take that and get a realtor. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's so good. Um, we did a podcast with a luxury realtor a little while ago and and I was just going through that whole thing. Like if I brought you a qualified buyer. Next time I call you and he's like, I'll take, I'm going to take your call. You bet. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the total opposite approach. Most loan officers are calling, you know, asking for business, asking realtors for, Hey, do you have any buyers I could pre-qualify? Hey, you know, like, um, and then, you know, the, the, the whole thing also where it's like cross qualifying and all that, which is pain and like. You know, it's that's just, very it's just, unique to the San Diego market, by the way, you guys have been doing cross quals since I originated loans here freaking yeah. six years ago, seven years ago. And I, still in Idaho, we have yet to see people get away with trying to cross-qual clients without yeah. the other loan officer just freaking out and threatening to report <laughs> to this and this. And I'm like, yo, like <laughs> California's been doing this for a long time. Like if it was illegal, it wouldn't be going on there. But yeah. that cross-qual stuff is crazy. Or like the, you know, the one thing they hate more than anything is trigger leads. Like when you get, you pull your credit and then all of a sudden that's it's so annoying. It's, right. And then. Yeah. I mean, I, it's got to work in at some level, right? I mean, that, otherwise it would be so many people doing it. But I don't, I like, 
I agree on some level, but also I think that like trigger leads worked at a point and then you had these crazy inflated call center environments due to this last, you know, last refi boom. And then they get to this point and now they're just trying whatever they can. They're just reaching. And I, I think that because we like the last six months, we have seen trigger leads as a problem more than ever before like by a mile like yeah. trigger leads have always been like something that like a scuzzy inside joke with loan officers about right. who works trigger leads right but like consumers didn't know what the hell a trigger lead was no. and now trigger leads are like proliferant enough that we have like entire movements of brokers that are educating their clients around what a trigger lead is and how to avoid like that just wasn't a thing before so i have to imagine that's a function of like overinflated call centers and consumer direct shops that are just reaching Desperate just trying loans, to find yeah. exactly trying to find loans and annoying everyone in the process yeah yeah um so. what about like ai and leads is there anything in that area that you guys are working on um so ai where we see the biggest opportunity with this and where we like want to see our development go over the next six months to a year is more around the initial engagement initial conversation and mm -hmm. routing and uh, or like a chat bot or something yeah exactly but in the form of s you know in the form of text message right yeah. so so you know we we have clients um we have clients that generate leads in you know 25 different markets and one of you know one of those clients takes the exact same approach with every lead that he gets it's the same path he has people trained to take them down and he calls it the path and it's the mm. same path every single time now we've been able to identify 20% of his markets where that isn't effective. You can tell, we can see the difference in his, you know, app to not only his uh, lead to app rate, but then his app to close rate as well. Like mm. it's just not working in those markets. Um, and so I think that the, the, I bring that up because I think that the issue of like having a AI chat bot field your incoming requests, like it can sound simpler than it actually is. But when you really look at the number of different like the the different markets across the country and the different ways that those clients interact with salespeople. I mean, San Diego is a completely different market yeah. when it comes to working leads. Like we have a completely different playbook for teaching LOs how to work leads <laughs> in San Diego than we do anywhere else in the country. Um, and so that kind of knowledge. How, I'm curious what what's different about dude. It? I don't like San Diego, Southern California. It just feels like everybody's uh like been bombarded with marketing like. 10 years before the marketing trends were marketing trends. Mm. It just seems like like everything that works in Southern California works for a shorter period of time before the audience is jaded and mm. know how to ignore it and mm -hmm. screen it and are more willing to just, oh, is, is this like, I, don't, I hate to say it like this, but more willing to treat a salesperson like they're less than a real person like dog shit <laughs> yeah like more willing to be like, like oh that's just a salesperson they oh. hear the call and they just hang up a hundred percent not even like hundred percent higher like it's no i'm not gnarly. interested just click and then we have and then when we, we have what we would refer to as like warm markets across the country like uh uh like the south yeah like a tennessee dude <laughs> how you doing tonight <laughs> and dude it, you it I'm doesn't matter what you say like <laughs> you'll get you'll get some people that are like oh i'm sorry uh, I'm sorry, you've got the wrong number, but thanks for reaching out or whatever, right? right. Or, my, I think my sister's looking for a loan. Exactly, 100%, 100%. <laughs> right. So we have markets like that out there where he, where you know, his approach just absolutely slays it. So I think for us, uh, the move with AI is to bring something to the market that nobody else is going to be able to do because nobody else has those insights like we do on like yeah. where, like geographically, where people are different and how mm -hmm. they engage with you and whether you know some some markets they are what we would call like a quick to phone call market where your number one goal as soon as you get in touch with them like initial text message from our from our automations is almost always uh were you looking for an idea of what you can qualify for or were you just looking for um some basic requirements and process information or whatever yep. and uh and so they'll almost always respond to that in some way and this doesn't matter it doesn't matter what market we're in southern california will respond to it mm -hmm. too but it goes cold after that, right? Where so some markets, the best play with those is to just go back and forth via text message. Oh, great, I can help you out with that. Where were you looking to buy? Mm -hmm. And go back and forth via text messages. And maybe after 10, 12 text messages, then you go, hey, great, everything looks good so far. When could we hop on a call for a few minutes to confirm the details and see what we can get you qualified for? 
that's the best approach in some markets. And then in mm. other markets, you start playing that song and dance game with them and they just ignore you. Mm. And the best approach with those is that first message, that first response comes in and they say, yeah, I'm looking for a basic idea of what I could afford. And you say, great, I can help you with that. When do you have five minutes to hop on a quick call? And some markets and so that market just- works. Exactly. Wow, yeah. That's good to know. I mean, so you've been doing this long enough to where you've, you're drilling down on all these different markets and all these different um, you know, methods that are successful. I think that, um, you know, I don't, I've never heard, I mean, I don't do, I don't go buy leads because I'm not doing loans anymore, but I can, I, I can imagine that you're, you're not, I mean, you're, are you the only person that's doing this or is there, is there some others? That I would are, like to think so. I yeah. mean, I'd love for anybody that's watching this that thinks otherwise to like bring it up to my attention. Cause yeah. I, like, if anything, like, like, the network is stronger in numbers, right? Like my enemy's rocket mortgage. Like I don't give a shit about, <laughs> right. you know, another marketing company. If somebody, another marketing company wants to come do what we're doing, as far as I'm concerned, they're helping further the cause. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah. Cause no. rockets got such a big market share, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and they're just like, like, I just don't think that, uh, and can, rock, it's rock, rockets retail as well. Right. It's retail. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, um, they have a is quick in the wholesale side. No, so quick like so. Uh, to my understanding, I should totally know this, but yeah, to my understanding, uh, Quicken is just basically the formerly known as as Rocket. Yeah, you have Rocket Pro TPO. That's their that's, that's their wholesale their... side. But then Rocket Rocket Mortgage is a retail is yeah. a direct to consumer. And really, what it boils down to is just like if you've been doing this as long as I have, parallel with Quicken loans, like you you know that like their goal is to close loans with the least amount of input possible mm -hmm. with the highest amount of leverage possible with call center reps in the middle of the country that are paid you know pennies as compared le to least you know, amount as possible exactly and yeah. and aren't true professionals and you like if you look up you have to dig deep a little bit because they're so good at burying bad reviews with good with, with yeah. like money and good reviews and oh trust pilot where they pay trust pilot to show up and sure. only show that you know it's crazy, but if you dig deep enough, you and you start reading reviews on what Rocket has done with some clients, some direct-to-consumer clients, it's mm -hmm. like if I was running a mortgage company and I did that, I'd be out of business. I'd have to rebrand tomorrow yeah. and I'd have to go, you know, I'd have to go find I'd have to go open up a new shop. But right. because of the amount of money and sheer force behind that so name massive, yeah. that they're like, it's just, it's horrible for and the it's consumer. It's almost amount of, just a matter of time before they cut out the LO. hundred percent. Like it's, I'm talking they're a, they're probably got AI working on trying to figure out how to cut out that LO tomorrow. And then uh -huh. it's just going to get even it's just very transactional, obviously. And, and, and then the, the, it's just a narrow amount of people they can serve, but it's just going to burn through them all. Yep. hundred percent. You know? And, and then, and like, we, I, I saw, I, when I was doing this, when I was closing loans, I had enough instances of people that would, that I would talk to that like were afraid to talk to me because they had gotten turned down from either a local bank or mm -hmm. a rocket mortgage. Right. And, and I think about the number of people that, that talk to somebody that's really not qualified to tell them that you can't qualify to buy a house. But right. why are they saying that? Well, because they're trying to get you to go hit up your sister who's a co-signer and has this all this money and stuff i'm not going to tell you that you might be able to qualify without my overlays or without you know without right. my lack of experience i'm going to tell you no you can't qualify and then that's one less borrower that's out there shopping for a home with a pre-approval letter true so just on so many levels and and yeah you, to your point that like they want to they want to get rid of loan officers i it blows my mind to see the number of uh brokers that jump into the aim brokers or better group to like step up and stand up for a rocket and how amazing their technology and their services and whatnot. It's like, yeah, dude, they're, they're petting the back of your head <laughs> while they get ready to stab you in the exactly. kidney, you know? And it just, wow, it blows yeah. my mind. The number of people that are willing to contribute to that. I mean, well, I think it's, it's unfortunate and it's, it is the future. Um, but non QM is a little different. It's harder. You know, eventually they'll get AI will probably figure out how to do it. But, um, for now, you know, yeah, the the Fannie Mae stuff, the government stuff is gonna just become AI, and mm. it's it's a bummer for for LOs that have been doing it forever, and it's just, but this that's the the whole fear of AI right now that I think a lot of people are worried about is just like so many, um, you know, white collar 
jobs are going to be taken yeah from you know from ai yeah you start yeah you so start like, going do, back to do we have we may you know we have another run but is it going to be dominated by ai like when the rates drop again will yeah. that be like someone's probably gearing up for that yeah but in the meantime you can build your business right with just doing this stuff and um i want to talk about seconds because i've looked for second leads and i couldn't find them yeah. and i may maybe i didn't spend enough time but um a lot of places didn't have data on a self-employed borrower doing wanting to do a second yeah and so it was tough for me to get that and maybe it's come maybe now in the last that was probably two months ago i was looking into that three months now it maybe it's gotten better i don't know maybe there's a demand for it so people are making it but tell our listeners how you could help them do more of our aspire seconds yeah yeah i mean i think like at the end of the day what we do is is we capture and convert search volume so anywhere where there's search volume yep. like we can create a landing page that can convert that traffic uh, into a lead. And so like the more, I, I think what it, really what it comes down to is understanding your, your pers the persona of the person that you're targeting. So understanding those details like that they're self-employed and that they might, that person is not searching for aspire second mortgage right. no. or second mortgage bank statement loan you know yeah, they they're, might they're probably like even searching for a heloc but they just there's no helocs for right because they they can't qualify at a bank so but they're maybe they're still searching for a heloc but you're like hey look you know you can't get a heloc but i can get you this much how much cash do you need up front i need you know x amount well we'll get you that cash and give you a little buffer and you can either pay the loan down and it's an interest only so your payment will drop or you know set it aside and put it in a high interest you know bearing account or something some other investment yeah. and then but um, you're right. They're not searching for per se, like you know, aspire or you know, they might say like self-employed, qualify, second mortgage or right. HELOC or something like that. But yeah, you know, no, th there's no doc HELOC or yeah, no doc yeah. HELOC exactly. Yeah. Um, but there's historic equity in homes today. I mean, it's yeah. like trillions of dollars, and there's just just a, it's just a bummer to think that you have to pay off your. You know, they're probably people are probably like, dang it, I really need that money, but I don't want to pay off my two and a half, three percent first. Yeah. So they're in this conundrum, like maybe, you know, and so they're like, what do I do? Yeah. So yeah, that's it's, why we that's it, why we create came up with this product. And it's an amazing product. Like I like instantly, I'm like, dude, I have a nine hundred and thirty k balance on a on a two point eight seven five rate that I locked in three years ago. Like, not touching. I'm it. not touching it's that. Money. Like, yeah, yeah, no, not a chance. So uh yeah uh but you'd always when borrow, ryan told me about that i was i was like dang that's a cool product yeah you can always borrow at this higher rate and then you just pay that one down yep. leave your two forever yeah. for 30 years right and then you just borrow and then you can pay off the second or if the rates drop you can con consolidate it or whatever yeah. you know but yeah but can so I, how so you can you can uh create a, a whole lead thing around that so yeah. if someone wants to crush it today in june or like right now it's more in may but like let's say they wanted to start crushing it in june yeah just getting a ton of self-employed borrower leads that want cash out on their house without paying off their first you can help them turn that on yeah yeah um we don't have like so we don't offer our core service where we do like the full front to front to back like what we what i expressed uh the fifteen hundred dollar setup thousand mm -hmm. dollar uh management fee but we're always like we we're a marketing company that does consulting and we we have other channels and ways that we can yeah. uh, do that so it depend it just depends on how much you know how how bad does somebody want that business and i think that i think there's there should be a lot of people out there that want that business cuz it's it's smart business it's, it's smart money i'm telling you it's going to be on fire like yeah. it, it the summer i mean people are like how they're maxing out their credit cards their yeah. their business they want to grow their business there's just there's there's a lot of people looking for work so you could hire you could grow so it makes so much sense that it would be just on fire. And the education component of that is like 100%. I feel like it, the biggest challenge, right? I mean, and CMG, CMG had this with their their all-in-one loan thing that like where Oh, the HOA, right? The yeah. Home Ownership Accelerator. Is that what they yeah. call it now? Yeah, it was all in it was AIO when I was it when I was uh Is that where they had a checking account and then it did pay like, it down and Yeah, it's like a mortgage. checking account, a home equity loan and yeah. uh and a 30-year amortized mortgage all-in-one where yeah. it's they have like a amortization schedule that lowers your credit line over time but mm -hmm. it means that you can reduce your interest basis on the loan by the amount of your cash deposits every month that, so man i remember going that is a lot of things that's it was really hard to talk to the borrower and convince them that because it was so hard to understand i mean it, it it should have been pitched more like 
I mean, you had to probably have like a calculator in front of them, like oh, a, it's like yeah. a full like just. They had a training like you couldn't do even as a CMG retail LO, you couldn't do an AIO loan without do being AIO like certified. It yeah. was that kind of product, and that was that was kind of what I was getting at. Is, is still like around? this is yeah so, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what they call it now, but it's definitely still around. But uh, that was what I was getting at. Is like their biggest challenge with that product. I mean, it's a cool product for the right person, but education is everything on that. And yeah. who you know who. How do you educate the general public and then how do you ed educate your loan officers enough to care enough to learn enough about the product to then go out and sell it i know because th there's a lot of los that have come into the business in the last several years right but they've never needed a second yeah. that just never was a thing i remember i've been in a thousand years you know <laughs> that's why i have the gray hair and you know stress in my life <laughs> from being in the mortgage industry but the seconds is like a whole new Thing for most people, yeah. but I remember doing them. I remember doing them a bunch. I remember even the 125s. Do you remember the 125s? Uh -uh. That's when they would do a loan 125 percent of the, of the value of the house. Like, when was that? Someone yeah. thought that was a good idea, and Wall Street <laughs> bought it up and did a ton of those. And uh, it's just one of those things that, like, you know, we did that. And then you think of like LTV. You know, now it's like it's it's you know, we, we're all afraid to go up to 95, you know, cause it's, it's scary going mm -hmm. through the crash, you know, but I don't know. So, that, so that's cool that you could, you could help turn on some leads like that for, for our listeners, our brokers. Yeah. You know, I'm I, sure they would, I'm sure you're going to get calls. I could, I could nerd out. Like I, I'm like my brain, my wheels have been turning like behind the scenes in this conversation around like, you know, Google, uh, so much of Google ad performance is driven on uh, driven by, um, the data that you feed back to Google, meaning like when you, if you can take what they tag e each person that clicks on their ad, they tag it with what's called a, a GCL ID, uh -huh. right? A Google click identifier. If you can take that and you can feed it back to Google and you can set up uh, alternative conversions based on the quality of the lead, then you could, in theory, set up a home equity funnel that is mm -hmm. just for home equity and then have your form questions determine whether or not they're a candidate for the for Aspire, right? Yeah, self-employed or not. Yeah. And then regardless of whether or not somebody convert, if somebody converts for a 50K home equity line that isn't a candidate for the program and you don't want to target that lead again, you just don't send the conversion data back to Google and you wait until you get that the the one that's a perfect fit for the Aspire program, the self-employed, you know, four hundred thousand dollar loan mm -hmm. amount, seventy five percent LTV, and then you feed you feed that data back to Google, only that data, mm. and then Google picks up like, ah, okay, this is what they're looking for. This is the demographic that they're looking for. This is the time of day that that demographic is searching, and and they pick up and feed all that data. And you could even go as far as to set up different values where you know a home equity a home equity lead is te worth ten bucks. But that an Aspire lead is worth 200 bucks and send both of them to Google. And mm -hmm. then Google will behind the scenes optimize to get you the most value out of your ad spend. Wow. And they've gotten really good at that. That's a big part of what we do. So you don't just do the lead selling. You also can consult and, and teach people how to do this on their own as 100%. well. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I hope you brokers are going to freaking call in because <laughs> we need more business, right? I mean, yeah. there's, there's, there's a whole, the pie went like from this massive pie that everyone was just happy and fat on and then it's like shrunk to the smaller pie but like the pie is out there you just have to know how to find it you have to know how to you know what to sell right yeah. now and that, this is a new product to sell um so how do you deal with agents getting leads first so and this is actually this is funny because we talked about uh, like we were talking about um how agents agents traditionally have gotten the leads first and that's why yeah. as loan officers we're wired to go with our hands out and say hey can i have a referral please um however and this is this is nuts i i did the research at one point and this was it, this was not as early into empower as i would have liked it to be it was like two years ago that i looked this up but i was like why like why did that happen how did that happen in the first place yeah so i start digging and i put together this timeline that was like this is why um, so, uh, realtors, like the MLS came out in the late 1800s, right? The MLS, wow. yeah. uh, the multiple listing service, that's, it was that's a long time ago, a long time ago, late 1800s. And basically all it was, it was like was, a newspaper or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. All literally paper. And it was, it yeah. was a group of real estate agents that like real estate agents were a new profession at the time, but 
I've got a list of people that want to buy a house. You've got houses for sale and people that want to buy a house. And you get a group of people like that together in a room and it makes sense. Hey, let's create a comprehensive list of all this. Mm -hmm. um, and then they gated access to it in order to have access to that MLS. You had to be a member paying dues and you know, yeah, right, you got right. it right. Mortgages, mortgages weren't a thing until like the early 1930s. Mm. So agents literally had a 50 year head start where like, houses either just didn't cost enough or our financial system wasn't it wasn't complex enough i don't know i didn't yeah. dig deep that deep into it but i know that mortgages weren't weren't popular weren't a thing like weren't uh, an option to buy yeah. a house until the 1930s and so mortgages were literally invented as a way to monetize who the realtor was in that transaction like you like you'd be an idiot if you invent the mortgage and you the first place that you go is not to the real estate agent that have all those buyers, right? You'd right. be an absolute idiot. But then you fast forward and like Redfin was actually the first uh, like map-based MLS tool where mm -hmm. you could look, where a consumer could see stuff online. I think it was like- It wasn't like, Zillow? It wasn't Zillow, it was Redfin in 2003. Zillow was very, very soon after that. Um, but Redfin was the first one. And and then, but now we have Zillow and, and you know, all these other Multiples, tools and whatnot, yeah. right? Where but 2003, that represented the first time that a consumer could actually go to a loan officer first in theory mm. and that it would make any sense for mm -hmm. them to do that. Right. So we just we just like we're battling 80 years of this <laughs> is how we've always done it. Sure. Right. And a lot of people who make a lot of money keeping it exactly that way. Whereas nowadays, from a consumer standpoint, it just it makes zero sense. It's like going like. Like, I don't know. I mean, uh, I sold cars before I got into mortgages and um, I talked to some buyers that were, of cars that were really smart and would go to their bank first and get pre-qualified before they went <laughs> in and whatever. Right. Right. Um, but that but that's not typically how it went. And when right. that happened, you got clubbed over the head by the sales manager with an interest rate that was two percent higher than what you could have qualified for and all that. Like. It's going to shift. Like consumers yeah. are going to recognize that, like, huh, why like this doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me to go to this person first so that I can go to like whoever their friend is or whoever, you know, is paying right. their marketing bill or whoever went to their kid's soccer game this weekend. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. it just doesn't make any sense. And I, I have faith that like when things don't make sense like that, that eventually like homeostasis will be reached. You know what I mean? Yeah. It it tends to balance out. And I've always been a believer is in doing it the other way. Like I just hate like having to kiss ass to like realtors and just doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't. You know, so if you can bring a lead to uh, an agent and you have the the goods, like it just makes it way cooler. Yeah, and, and just makes your life better. I think uh, you get to be selective about what agents you work want to work yeah. with, right? I and mean, then they're gonna give you business back. I mean, 100%. it's so reciprocal for for sure. Yeah. Um, what about uh, how do you convert internet leads? Like, because we were talking about how they suck, but. <laughs> you've done it so long that, you know, you'd probably know you've seen what doesn't work and what works. What's like some secrets that really work. I know you kind of went through it a little bit, but maybe is there another little nugget you could share? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things, number one, like automating that initial contact it, unless it's a live transfer, like that you just, you can't not do that and expect that to be pretty effective cheap with this. to get a software that does that. Oh yeah. Or do you, do you just yeah. turn key it over? Yeah. So we, so we include the software. So we, we sell the software as a standalone software mm -hmm. for one ninety seven a month to be able to like, so if you have your own leads that you want to drop into that, like we sell the, the software for one ninety seven a month for that. Um, and then we include that software as a part of our fully managed service, basically. So cool. yeah, it's it's fairly cheap. So automating initial contact, that's a non-negotiable. Um, having having like a Kanban style pipeline where you can visually see different stages and and the bottlenecks that might exist in your process. So yep. you know, if you have this Kanban style pipeline that shows responded and then uh and, you know a uh, phone call or uh, appointment scheduled appointment shown and then application received you know and then you all of a sudden have this huge stack under application or i'm sorry appointment scheduled that never make it to appointment shown now you have a really easy like visual of like okay i need to i need to improve my process here mm -hmm. i need to make sure that i improve the step between scheduling that appointment and the appointment being shown so that visual pipeline is is crucial and and one, like a non-negotiable as well in my opinion. Um, then the 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 next thing that I'll say is um, understand where the commitments in a mortgage process are and understand like 
I call it the, uh, you want to be the financial dentist. Okay. So if I'm, if I go to a dentist, people don't like dentists. Nobody likes dentists, <laughs> right? Nobody likes a dentist. If I go to a dentist and that dentist tells me, it's my first time I've ever been to a dentist, and that dentist tells me, man, you have perfect teeth, no cavities, everything looks great. I hope to see you in six months. Yeah. Odds are I'm probably never going to go to that dentist again. Right. Odds are I'm probably going to wait for the f next mailer I get that says, hey, get a free cleaning and x-rays and blah, blah, blah. And I'll go see that one because there's no pain involved in it. There's no, like, sure. It's not a negative experience, right? On the flip side of that, if I go to that dentist and that dentist says, oh, man, it's a good thing you came. You know, you got you got two you got two almost cavities. They're not cavities yet. It's a good thing you came. We you caught them here. Caught them, yeah. They, whatever. Um, you know, have you been flossing? Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. they start doing that number and then they ask you to come back in six months. Odds are, if you go back to a dentist, you're going back to that dentist because you don't want somebody else to tell you how screwed up your, your right, mouth right. is, right? You want to go through that same process again. Exactly. Yeah. And there's and then there's the other, the, another piece of this is, is uh, like just giving away too much information without asking for a commitment in return. So right. if they, you know, borrowers go online not to talk to a loan officer, they go online to get information, to get questions answered. Right. And so if you give them the feeling that all of those questions can be answered without collecting a full 1003, and then you give them all those answers without collecting a full 1003, right. and then you ask, all right, so do you want to see for real? The answer is going to be no, 99% of the time. Sure. You have to control access to the information throughout the process. And I'm not saying- You got to be first to it. You got to get them to spend and commit time and go through a, a, a full 1003 because- mm -hmm. That's if it. you don't, then they're gonna. It's gonna be easy for them to do it with someone else, and they don't want to do it a second time. Exactly. So, I'm sure there are some lead companies that would would have someone fill out a full 1003, right, and then just pass it on, which is, I've, and I, then they pass it on to multiple people. I've heard of that, but yeah, I don't know. I I think that that might like. I think that was probably more common previously. Yeah. I mean, nowadays it's like. Like, I probably don't want the lead that's willing to just go click on a 1003 and fill it out. Like, I think it was like a, it was probably back before the 808 crash. I remember there'd be call centers and they would take loan apps and then they would sell them to like multiple people or something yeah. like that. I don't know if you could do that because of the social securities, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, I, we used to call it take them off the street. Like, and what that meant is, you know, back before I was in the business, God, in the late 90s. So, we would go and we'd do these things called lookups and we'd drive our car, it was a company car, to their house, gather all their docs so they couldn't send them anywhere else or give them to anyone else. And we, yeah, we'll, get, we'll make copies back at the office and we'll bring these back to you as soon as your loan funds uh, or we'll mail them back to you. And they'd always be like, okay, no problem. And then you'd go and you'd go and you'd do, get their loan and then do, you'd do a full 1003 on their kitchen table by hand and... That was kind of like taking them off the street. So they 100%. same kind of idea, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't want to do that with anyone else. And then right. they'd have to call you and ask for their documents back, and it just would be this big. So that's kind of the equivalent of that. The modern day, yeah. take them off the street. Yeah, you can't like we don't charge application fees, right? We can't like, and I, right. I'm sure some some people do. I know it's not like illegal technically, but nobody like nobody's charging up front to get like get a good faith deposit right, right there. So the best thing that you can do is get the credit pull right. because that is the thing that you can warn them, hey, you don't want to go out and do this a whole bunch of times, right? Yep. You got to get and that credit pull. The appraisal, that's the second the one. The appraisal, yeah. exactly. And, and Quicken's good at that. They you know, they'll collect, they do collect that good faith deposit. They do it as early as possible right. and they spend it as early as possible. Order the appraisal as early as possible so that they sure. don't have to refund that. And it goes through their AMC that they own and they right. make money on that too. And that's they a whole other story. they down, man. Yeah, crazy. I, I think, I mean, I don't know if I... <laughs> Uh, I, anyway, I don't think I don't, I'm not gonna say anything either way, but I've heard probably some things also, and I don't know if it's true. But since they, if they are a retail and a wholesale, I would be worried as a broker sending it there that that they're gonna take your client. Yeah, right. Like if yeah. that, especially if you do a higher rate right now, as soon as the rates drop, I mean, I don't know if they have a policy on that or not, but that's that would be my biggest concern is that all of a sudden when rates drop. That client's gone, and forever. we we hear that they do have policies in place. We hear that like they do like make promises to brokers that hey, this isn't going to happen. But like at the end of the day, the the borrower is still seeing Rocket Mortgages every month that they Rocket statement. Mortgages name yeah. every time, and Rocket Mortgage is still spending more money than any company in the country on consumer direct advertising. Right, and so yeah, like 
you're still you're losing mind share. I don't I don't know that their agreement. I don't know the the ins and outs of their agreement. I don't know that their agreement goes far enough that like if your borrower reaches out to their consumer direct channel, that they're going to redirect them. I'm 99% sure that that is not the case. I mean, if they were smart, and that's the problem. Yeah, if they were smart, well, they don't have to do it because they're so big. But if they were smart, they would they would maybe promise you know, future revenue share on refis and stuff yeah. like that. That would be... That would be really smart. Then yeah. you're LO, you're in LO and you're just kicking It'd back. It'd be easy like, to pull the plug on too whenever they want it, you know, at, yeah. the, at the end, like like rather than making a promise that they'll feed it back to the broker, that's a, a huge infrastructure change that they'd have to make versus yeah. revenue share, optional revenue share that's, you know, contingent on them. They don't them. need to do it though because yeah, just... people are just like, they got, they got really low rates and they're playing this long game probably where they know they're going to capture that client for life. So. Yeah. Well, and they developed uh, they developed the technology to make it so easy for their call center reps to close loans. It didn't take much for them to tweak that and make it easy, like easy, like a TPO portal, an easy TPO portal. Right. It didn't take much for them to just tweak it a little bit to make that same dummy proof software they made for their call center reps right. for brokers. Yeah. You know? Like I know U- UWM has a really easy yeah. process, right? So it makes it so easy for you to want to use U- UWM, but yeah. Um, cool. What, um, what, uh, so what's some challenges you guys have right now? Challenges we have or challenges our, our client, our loan officers are seeing. I mean, I'd say either one, like yeah. I mean, you guys as a business probably have some challenges. I mean, yeah. probably trying to find LOs that are willing to, to work right now. Cause they're probably looking at the rates going, I don't know anyone that would take these these rates, yeah. right? So yeah. like they're probably, I've I've come across brokers that are just kind of, just the the winds out of their sails. So that's got to be a challenge. But like, what yeah. business challenge are you trying to scale your business? Like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I I was talking to my brother in law last night about this, and it was like, um, the amount of work that we've put in over the last six months to like to grow and scale, uh, in this market. Like, if we would have been putting in this amount of work when things were good. Oh my gosh, the amount of money we would have been making, the yeah. amount of money that we would have been making. Um, the challenges, I mean, it, it, it all comes down to the market, right? It all, like what we find is that I, I think we have an easier time acquiring new clients. We have more people that are willing to try something, anything in this market. We have a much harder time getting people to hold out the first, you know, hang on the first couple months to like really, cause it did, you asked the question earlier and I don't think I ever answered it directly. You know, we we tell our loan officers don't expect to make your money back from the, your initial investment or your initial couple months of investing until month four, mm-hmm. right? So that means three months of you know you twenty five hundred bucks up front for our clients and then two thousand dollars a month. I mean, you're seven eight grand. Like, there's a lot of loan officers that just don't have that in them, and yep. they'll listen to us tell them and set those expectations, and it'll go one in one ear and out the other because they see dollar signs, and then by the second third month. They can't even afford to pay us, let alone like yeah. make the choice. Right. And so I think we've seen a lot of that where, you know, retention during the the low rates and, and craziness of COVID. Right. Retention was cake, like a thousand bucks a month. Loan officers weren't even paying attention to the <laughs> right. bill. Right. It's just a rounding error. Um, but a, a, acquiring customers was cl- was tough because it, it wasn't hard to get business. People, yeah, people are busy. So, so. we've seen that flip flop, and that's that's created de- definitely some challenges, some adjusting. But it just makes us better. I mean, that's that's all. You know, we just got to get better. We got to help our clients get more value out of what we're doing, and and the compensation will follow. So, you, what's forcing functions with uh, technology, and how how can that help with call reluctance? Yeah, yeah, uh, a forcing function. I can't. I'm trying to remember where I heard it for the first time, and then I heard it again a couple days ago. Um, and was so pumped that I heard it and then forgot forgot to uh, take note of where I heard it. But basically a forcing function is a decision that you make that locks you into another decision that helps you in the future. Is it like chess a little bit? Uh, a, yeah, I mean, I suppose like a, a chess mindset. Yeah, you could, you could. Where you know this it. move is going to make them do this other move or like. Well, or but like, it's for yourself. Mm. It's for yourself. So it's like, uh, so in the context of what we talk about, we do, we use it for helping loan officers overcome call reluctance with agents. Like if we drop 20 agents from your database into an automation that sends them a text and says, Hey, this is so-and-so from you know, this, or hey, it's it's Mike. It's been a while since we talked. I wanted to talk to you about some things that we've got going on and see what you've got going on in your business. Like, and you just drop twenty of them into a text like that. You're gonna get over half of them that respond and say. And, and I'm not talking sure. cold, right? I'm talking from your database. Sure. 
it it's it force it's a forcing function because it forces you to make the calls that you should have been making anyways but but it's so much easier to drop 20 of them into an automation that sends a text message right. than it is to actually pick up the phone and make the call 20 times gotcha. so you're forcing yourself because once they respond back and say yeah i have i have 5 minutes right now or i have 5 minutes at this time what are you going to do you're going to you're going to ignore that no, no you're, you're going to get it. on the freaking phone and you're going to you know right, and you're right. going to make that call so um, that's that, that to me, forcing functions. I, I wish I remembered where I heard it from originally, but that's how we end up using it is we end up getting loan officers that suffer from the, the just standard call reluctance of like, Hey, I know I should be making these 20 calls every day. And I just, I, I sit down to do it. And then I just, I have this thing that turns into this thing that turns into this thing. And I just yeah. don't, it's the I just last don't thing on do your it. To do list. And you're like, everything exactly. else is more important. Yeah. So the automations can really help force your hand that way by like making an introductory step at opening the door and allowing the other person to step through it and forcing you to like, all right, cool. Well, I got somebody on the hook. Let's that's, go. That's cool. That's really good. Um, and that's something you offer with your service. Yeah. Yeah. That's something it's like, I mean, it's hard to say like we offer that as part of our service. It's like, it's like coaching that we provide around like, Hey, yeah, you're struggling. Like you're struggling to make these calls, dude drop them into an do. automation yeah. every day drop you know run this automation once a day that all the leads in this pipeline get this text message and they're going to text you back and you better be ready when they text you back man i think this is this is something that all broker shops need to do so i mean the, this is going to be valuable stuff um what other what other missed opportunities do you think there are right now in the mortgage industry um i think Clearly, the seconds are missed. Opportunity. Seconds are huge. <laughs> seconds are huge, and you can make money on them. I would even. I would actually. I'm gonna. I'm gonna piggyback what I was gonna say with the seconds because this, these go hand in hand with each other. Is uh, agent like leveraged agent education opportunities? Leveraged opportunities. Talk about real estate agent or like, real estate yeah, agents. Okay. Like let like creating leverage by running classes on mm -hmm. the most basic of stuff. And then having a marketing automation system that allows you to like capture, you know, once you capture their information, you send them follow up emails, but basically, you know, building that database up. But um, Je uh, I'm not sure if you know Jeff Zimfer, he runs the Mortgage Marketing Institute podcast or Mortgage yeah. Marketing Radio, Mortgage Marketing Radio. I should know him. Um, he's, he's a good dude. You should know him. He's out of Vegas. Let's connect. Um, yeah, I'll, I, I can help connect you guys too. He's a, he's a buddy of mine. Um, and he runs these classes. Uh, he, basically has a coaching program around running marketing classes or even sometimes product knowledge classes. So this is where the seconds come in is like education in the market is a huge component of this. If you mm -hmm. can educate, did you like in person, you like rent a, like a room, like a dollar room or, or something or either or do it zoom. I mean, zoom, in today's yeah. world, do it zoom. You're a lender. Right. You don't need to, you don't need to be limited to this geographical area. Right. right? Like do it zoom. It does, I don't think it matters. He, a lot of, most of his clients are doing it in person. He has got a lot of clients that, um, are transitioning from more traditional models for their business. Um, but yeah, like the second, I think the second mortgage is a huge opportunity for one of those educational, those educational modules is yeah. like just this program and, and what it can do and why it's valuable. Um, if you could run a class where 50 agents show up to that, mm -hmm. I mean, like the leverage created there is just insane. And we now, because of COVID and all the like remote work and, and electronics, you know, electronic technology, uh, interactions that people were forced to like kind of get over there's this huge opportunity i feel like that exists for it to you know really create a ton of leverage where you're one loan officer talking to 50 agents at one time um, through through educational content that's huge um so what do you know about non-qm do you uh do you like it yeah i do i love it. i bought uh i bought my place on a bank statement loan and then waited uh eight months for me to finish two years of self-employed tax returns and refied into my 2.8 from UWM. Nice. So yeah, I had a bank statement loan and I had it with uh, Remen and it was a horrible experience. Um, uh, no offense. Are they still in business? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. And, uh, if they are, it's like, like not a, 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 like one of those things where it's like they didn't close their doors, but they stopped originating all loans, whatever that means. Yeah, I, or I think they stopped either non-QM2 or yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was a bad experience. I'd throw that out there because non like regardless, it served the need. Yeah. It yeah. served the need and it was the bank statement program. I mean, it just, it just made like loans, uh, common sense is not an underwriting like uh, threshold anymore. Like right. you can no longer make loans that make common sense they either have to fit in the box or they don't fit in the box but there are so there's so much 
common sense business out there to be had. Especially with all the gig economy and with all oh the gosh. people doing different things, selling bitcoins or whatever, NFTs, all these things that they're doing, right? So it's yeah. you can't you can't catch up to that fast enough with the mortgage, you know, boxes that people are in. Exactly. Are you seeing an in increase at all, or what, what are the trends like with your business people that are? signing up with you are they doing more non-qm these days yeah yeah um i think it's tough to say because like with i mean the market has changed really quickly back and forth over mm -hmm. the last couple years and so uh, like i would say six eight months ago i i heard it way more than i've ever you know i've ever heard it before you yeah. know people thinking that that was like going like that's going to be the solution for you know uh, like the market problems for whatever right. And I don't, I don't, I'm not going to like argue for or against the reasoning with that. I don't, I not even going to pretend to be able to understand it. But as far as um, how, like, I think you just have people looking for different options for alternative options. Right. Um, the other thing that non-QM has going for it, in my opinion, is um, the, how much the public has been warmed up to adjustable rate mortgages again over the last year, two years in this mm -hmm. rate environment, right? Like a lot of your non-QM business is, is not going to be a 30 year amortized loan. Um, and I feel like previously when I would sell non-QM, that was, that was a big hangup sometimes was the, like the, you know, five, one term or seven, one term or whatever. Right. Um, you know, and, and that was a, a hangup. I think I don't, I don't know. I don't. We don't see nearly as many like balloon type situations as as we used to. But yeah, I mean, non QM has a thirty doing a uh, forty doing thirty. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty big product. Oh, that that's we cool. Have. And it's amortized over forty, or it's ten years of IO, and then actually you wouldn't need it that way. But yeah, if amortized over forty and doing thirty. So yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I, I think there's there's other countries that do products where it's like based on their age. So like you can get a fifty year mortgage, I think, in other countries or oh, cool. some countries I think it's twenty five years. But I mean, it's yeah. I mean, products are are there's some new products like that that uh, you might not know about. I mean, like like the balloon thing is is something that you don't see like short balloons, like five year balloons yeah. as much. But um, yeah, forty to do, doing thirty and the, a lot of the ten. There's a lot of ten one io thirty year fixed loans. Uh, they're fixed. They're, they're yeah. The first ten years are fixed. So I mean, I think I think that was mine. Was a ten year IO that was amortized over thirty, but yeah. ballooned in fifteen or twenty or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's. I think they're a lot more safe these days. These loans because oh, yeah. they're not you know. I don't know. The underwriting requirements for a non QM loan are stricter than for yeah. a, for a qualified yeah. mortgage in a lot of ways. In and my some opinion, people don't like bank statement loans, and you're like. Why? I mean, you're looking at everything they spend. You can see that they go, you know, and spend here and here and here and here. And this is what they do. And it's how much money they've left over at the end of the month. You're mm -hmm. looking at this for a year versus like Fannie Mae. They just look at the W-2, which could be a job lost tomorrow, uh, a pay stub. And then they have like, you know, two months of a base or one maybe, you right. know, depending on, on the, the what the DU says. But Well, and it, like then you have like gross income versus net income calculations and like how much how much like DTI is even like DTI itself is a lot of times is a, like a weird way to qualify somebody when you consider the disparity in expendable income for somebody that makes 30 grand a month versus right. somebody that makes five grand a month. Like why Absolutely. would the DTI cap be the same on that? Like just because I make 30 grand a month doesn't mean that I'm going to spend the extra right. 15 grand a month that I get. Right. right so right. I think there's a lot of, of truth behind like just a, a failure uh, an overcorrection almost like after the recession into too strict of, of underwriting. Mm -hmm. Um, and like I said, from a non QM standpoint, the, the created, the, the financially create financial creativity of some of the products I feel like was almost a hindrance for a while while everybody was in a mindset of 30 year fixed is the only way to go. Right. Whereas now like there, you know, you have everybody screaming two one buy downs from the rooftops. And so people are having <laughs> to educate themselves on like what, like, what does that even mean? And oh, an adjustable rate? What? Like, right. you know, this, uh, I, I feel like that is going to go a long way for uh, helping non-QM. That's cool. So um, I always ask my guests, any shout outs of someone that's helped you along the way to get to where you are? Any shout outs? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I already gave Jeff a shout out. I'll give, I'll give Jeff uh, another, uh, another shout out here. I think Jeff, Jeff and I have worked together um in like different capacities for four four or five years and we're we're exploring a, a deeper partnership right now 
um, that would like be, you know, a little bit like combining forces in some ways. And so, um, yeah, Jeff's on my mind a lot right now. So I'll just give Jeff Zimfer from Mortgage Marketing Radio, not to promote another podcast on your <laughs> podcast, but hey, we share you guys love. will be friends. Like, yeah. If you guys, someone likes podcasts, they're going to like, they should have more than 100%. One, right? So yeah, I'll give, I'll give Jeff a, Jeff a Sweet. shout out. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for coming on. And if someone had, how does someone find you if they, want to add you know your services yeah yeah check us out uh empowerlo.com so um if you're looking for like consulting type stuff we have a contact us form at the bottom of you know every page that you can reach out to um if you're wanting to learn more about like the fully managed lead generation service um we've it says leads in big letters at the top you click on that it'll take you to where you can fill out the form there cool. um, we got our phone numbers on the page uh facebook you know at empowerlo you can find us sweet awesome and we'll Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. And uh, everyone else, thank you for listening. And if you've made it this far, thank you, because it's a long, this was a long one, but it was a good one. Uh, please comment. Please tell your friends about this podcast, because that's how we grow. And we're trying to bring you guys all the good information on how to grow your business. So thanks for listening. See you on the next one. Thanks for having me. The Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast.